Well, well, well. Welcome to your favorite Thursday podcast. I'm Nick Mitchell. And I'm Scott Tedford Barnes. And you are listening to Legends of Sportsball, an educational celebration of useless jock knowledge. Thank you for joining us. We have a very special episode today, don't we, Scotty? All the special. All the episode. All the time. It is National Read Across America Day uh, because it's Dr. Seuss's birthday. Read Across America. Okay. <laughs> National holiday. What are you reading right now? I am uh, on my second cycle through the Witcher novels. I'm on book five again, The Lady of the Lake. Nice. I'm re- <laughs> reading the Rick Rubin book still. Oh, good. About halfway through, and then I've got this other book lined up next. It's... I forget what it's called. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, first, start, we'll do our scoreboard stumper. We've got our flex seal. We've got five notable jabronis this week. We'll get into our Hall of Fame inductee, Nick Van Exel. We'll get our scoreboard stumper answer. We will get our freezing cold take. We will go to church. We've got a shampoo. And then we'll send you on your merry little way. So without further ado, hit me with that scoreboard stumper, Scotty. All right. As we're preparing to fill out our brackets coming up, I want to know what is the record for the highest scoring NCAA tournament game? Is it 258 points, 264 points, or more in the realm of possibility, 234 points? Well, just by that comment, I'm going psychologically. I'm going to go in the middle. Two. 264? 264 is my guess. We'll get that stumper answer after the Nick Van Exel deep dive. Moving on to our Flex Seal of the Week. Hi, Phil Swift here for Flex Tape, the super strong waterproof tape that can instantly patch, bond, seal, and repair. Each week, we recognize a franchise transaction that in no way fills the needs of the organization. This week's Flex Seal of the Week is... Elvis Andrews, newly re-signed by the Chicago White Sox. In his past three seasons, since 2020, uh, Andrews is hitting 241 and 1,135 official at-bats. That doesn't count as walks, but he only has about 80 walks in the last three years combined. <laughs> so that's not... Doesn't even matter. Not, his on-base percentage is trash, <laughs> shut too. Up, so. Shut up about the rest of it. <laughs> he's 34. They only have to pay him $3 million this year, which seems good, but... For the numbers he's putting up, he should be there on a minor league deal, not uh, making $3 million and being probably penciled in to play every day because he was playing every day at the end of last year. So, the be- yeah, I think the best he'd get from another team would be a minor league invite to camp and would maybe make the team, whereas he's going to get $3 million, They're probably going to start him. <laughs> You said he's 34. I thought he was like 40. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, because he came up when he was like 19 or 20. He looked so promising. and He was. Yeah, he had some great years. He hit 300 a few years and stole about 30 bases a year, even though a lot of times he led the league and caught stealing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he'd steal 30, but he'd also get caught like 17 times. So Right. Uh, I mean... He- I understand, like, he's there because, you know, like, Elvis Andrews does have a lot to be able to bring to the table, like, defensively. 
But that White Sox offense is booty cheeks. I just mean if Jose Iglesias <laughs> is, is getting minor league deals, yeah. Elvis Andrews should not be getting guaranteed money no, on a I, team that needs more offense. Like, like <laughs> Elvis Andrews should be that guy who like starts the season every year as an Oakland A, and then you figure out where he ends up. It's like where in the well, world is Well, that's another reason I think he's an appropriate flex seal is because the A's gave up on him and Dude, gave yeah. them to you. <laughs> <laughs> if Oakland wants your player, you should be wondering why they want him. <laughs> if Oakland is willing to give them up, you should be wondering why as well. Sus as hell. Yeah, I mean, history is shown. All right, moving on to notable jabronis. Let's just start with the big one. We're going to start with Nate Oates. Yeah. Alabama college basketball head coach. Uh, an ex-player, Darius Miles. He removed from the team following the murder of a single mother. Um, another player, Brandon Miller, was involved in the murder. He sold the gun. He's still playing, getting tons of playing time. A lot of people are, you know, don't think that's a great thing. Yeah. And uh, four days ago, he even said, we are taking this very seriously. It's an opportunity to educate our players. Um, so then fast forward to, <laughs> you want to fast forward? Just forward to a day later after that. Like, uh, so the Alabama came out for a home game and they were doing player introductions and said player um, um, was patted down by his teammates as a celebration for his introduction. Um, not... What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, this is not an, edu- an educating... No. It's not a learning experience for the players, like he yeah, claims. Miller gets this huge ovation, gets the like pat down from his teammates, and Nate Oates goes... Nate Oates says... Um, their quote hasn't been he hasn't been in any type of trouble nor is he in any type of trouble in this case he said he was just in the wrong spot at the wrong time <laughs> <laughs> he sold the gun how do you go from we are taking this very seriously an opportunity to educate our players to them doing celebrations about gun pat downs yeah. and him saying that it's all overblown. Everyone needs a. He has nothing to do with. Oh, it's just crazy. Yeah, he, yeah. This is bullshit. This is clearly a cover up. <laughs> Nate, Nate Oates, Jabroni. Jabroni. Oh my goodness. Come on. All right. Next up, we're moving to baseball. Umpire CB Buckner. Um, he refused to shake hands with Cardinals manager Oliver Marmol before the game. Yeah. Apparently, this stems from some incident last year where words were exchanged between the two, and CB Buckner rejected Marmol from the game. But Marmol came out uh, to shake hands. He's like, as a Cardinal, you know, the way I was raised, you just come out and you shake hands. Even if you have your differences with the other manager, you come out, you shake all the umpire's hands, you shake the other manager's hand. It's what you do before every single game. And I came out there to do just that. And what he called him unprofessional. And yeah. He said, I, I think he's bad at his job and he just proved himself to be unprofessional or something. No, yeah. It's really just a horrible look for an umpire who, cl- who clearly just is set in his ways. It's like, you, you want to be an asshole, be an asshole. But I mean, like if, if Dusty Baker can walk out there and shake Tony LaRusso's hand, I mean, that takes, it takes something in you to do something like that. <laughs> right. So like, <laughs> I mean, no matter how many times you wash it, it's still going to smell like Tony LaRusso, but still, <laughs> <laughs> but still, but still you go out there and shake hands and exchange cards. Fuck it. It's a game, dude. Grow up. Yeah. Unprofessional. Come on. Unprofessional. Bush league. Bullshit. Bush league. All right. <laughs> Next up on Notable Jabronis, Jordan Poyer. Talking about taxes. Talking about taxes, bro. 
Um, Jordan Poyer is a safety for the Buffalo Bills. Well, was. Uh, he's going to be a free agent. And he kind of said in his own podcast about how he's excited to play for somewhere where he doesn't have to give the state half of his taxes. And, you know, someone, of course, did the math and he doesn't pay half of what he makes in in taxes. Um, He makes like five, he made like $5.6 million this year. (laughs) And then motherfuckers complaining about taxes. So, <laughs> Talk about taxes, motherfucker! Come on, I mean, just go to Florida He's already. He's just campaigning. He's just really just trying to campaign, but his math is horribly off. Yeah, <laughs> just shut up and, and dribble the ball. Tasteless to boot. <laughs> you know. All right. Uh, All right. Moving on to our next notable jabroni, former NFL player Eric Johnson, oof. indicted on human trafficking charges. Yeah. Johnson played for um, you know, the Raiders, um, played for Nebraska Corn Huskers. Uh, it said that he was in a leader position in a uh, takedown of a gang. Um, within the charges of the gang takedown, human trafficking was one of them. So, Yikes. so there's even more than that. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of things stemming from it. Um, they got like eight eight guys uh, all all at once, and. Um, Yes, Johnson was definitely a ringleader, but the last thing you want to see is just, no. Wow. Really? Eric Johnson. I want to say we're done with you, but... uh, (laughs) We'll see you down the road. Yeah, we might see what happens. We might see what happens here. (laughs) Our fifth and final jabroni. Uh, New York City Transportation Department. Yeah, what's up, New York City Transportation (laughs) Department? For a huge proofreading oversight. Yeah. (laughs) They accidentally um, made the Jackie Robinson Parkway. It said Jakey Robinson Parkway. They they left out the seat. For like a solid two weeks. (laughs) Um, So what's up, New York City? Get your shit together. Wow. (laughs) Jakey. That's a good old Jakey Robinson. Good old Jakey. <laughs> Jakey Robinson breaking the color barrier. <laughs> Let's go get us a biro. We don't smell so good at the transportation department. <laughs> the transportation department. <laughs> How bad can we do this? Uh, uh, we're done with you. Done. All right. Don't forget, November is Jabroni History Month. We like to remind people during this segment from time to time. So something to look forward to towards the end of 2023. Absolutely. In the meantime, let's get on to our Hall of Fame inductee, Nick Van Exel. Nicky Maxwell Van Exel was born November 27th, 1971 in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and was primarily raised by his mother, Joyce. He attended St. Joseph High School in Kenosha, a private school, and Nick was their star point guard from 1987 to 1989. Nick scored 772 points as a senior and was named to the All-State team by the Associated Press. Van Exel dreamed of playing in the NBA, but his grades weren't good enough to land him in a great school to get noticed. Nick traveled from Wisconsin to Athens, Texas to attend Trinity Valley Community College, where he worked on his studies. And by 1991, he was qualified to enroll at the University of Cincinnati. Yeah, bring him to Huggins. Huggins was... Huggins knew about that kind of stuff. Yeah. He's always bringing those guys. All right. The Bob Huggins coached UC Bearcats had gone 18 and 12 in the 1991 season. But with Nikki V at point guard, the Bearcats went 29 and 5. Oof. 
The Bearcats won their conference tournament and then four NCAA tournament games to reach the final four, where they're ultimately defeated by Michigan's Fab Five. (laughs) In his senior year, Nick averaged 18.3 points and 4.5 assists per game as UC rolled to a 27-5 record. Led by Van Exel, the Bearcats again won their conference tournament and made it to the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament before losing to North Carolina in overtime. I remember where I was when I watched that game. Heartbreaking. At season's end, Nick was a finalist for the Wooden Award and earned third-team All-American honors. In just two seasons at UC, Nicky V became the school's all-time leader in threes made with 147 and threes attempted at 411. <laughs> he, did like to, he did like to throw them up there. Yeah. The records have since been surpassed, but it was a show that Nick put on in those two years that still resonates today. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Just, he, may, he might have clanged them, but he had confidence. <laughs> yeah. On June 30th, Van Exel's long, long journey paid off when the Los Angeles Lakers selected him in the second round of the 1993 NBA draft. Fellow guard Eddie Jones and Nicky V became the centerpiece of a young Lakers squad that was rebuilding from the end of the Magic Johnson era. With Showtime over, the two guards created The Lake Show, where Van Exel would go on crazy shooting streaks, hitting buzzing where Van Exel would go on crazy shooting streaks, hitting buzzer beaters, and attacking with speed, earning him the nickname Nick the Quick. In his five years in L.A., Nick averaged 14.9 points, as well as 7.3 assists per game, finishing in the top 10 in assists twice. In 1996, Nick pushed referee Ron Gerritsen into a scorer's table while protesting a bad call. Subsequently, (laughs) he was fined $187,000 and received a seven-game suspension. On January 5th, 1997, he recorded a career-high 23 assists, but the record has since come under scrutiny when it was revealed that the scorekeeper for the Grizzlies inflated Van Exel's total just to voice his displeasure with the NBA's scorekeeping, with the NBA's scorekeeping system and wanted to prove its inaccuracy. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a horrible thing to do to a player. Yeah. Then, that, then that's attached to the player. Yeah. Like, that's such a selfish thing to do. Like, I, it's like, it's like kind of like legal. Like, I had to, like, sit here and read that as a statement. <laughs> wow. But, hey, 23 assists, I'll take it. I loved him with the Lakers. That was the only uh, basketball jersey I ever owned. And, yeah. And used to wear out. Yeah. The Lakers won. In June of 1998, Nick was traded to the Denver Nuggets for Tony Batty and the rights to Tyrone Liu. The Nuggets were one of the worst teams in the league, but Van Exel averaged career highs in points at 17.7 and in assists with 8.4 per game. Twice in his time in Denver, Nick the Quick scored a career-high 44 points, oddly recording eight assists in both efforts as well. Weird. (laughs) Nick was averaging 21.4 points per game in 2001 before he was traded to the Dallas Mavericks where he took a smaller role but was still relied on to be a gunslinger from three-point land. Nick recorded noteworthy efforts for the Mavs in the 2003 playoffs, scoring 36 and 40 points in back-to-back wins in the series against the Sacramento Kings. Nick was traded to the Golden State Warriors in the summer of 2003, but he saw his minutes decrease even further, and he'd bounce around to Portland and San Antonio in the years that followed. Two days after the Spurs were eliminated from the 2006 playoffs, Nick Van Exel officially retired. 
he get, kept getting traded to places that sucked. You got sent to the Denver Nuggets. Ugh. And then you're like, oh, we were good. And then I went to the Mavs. I just and then think he, it's, yeah, and it's funny that he was averaging like a 21 points a game and then got sent somewhere where they're like, you're just going to play like a limited role. Yeah. And then and then traded somewhere else where they're like, we're barely going to play you. It's like, this guy's coming off a year where he was averaging 21 points a game. Yeah. Man. Jesus. Whatever. He like was the Denver Nuggets for a little bit. <laughs> Jesus. Nick finished his playing career with a total 12,658 points, 5,777 assists, and a total 1,528 three-pointers made. Wow. With a 35.7% percentage. <laughs> 35.7 is like nothing anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's nothing anymore. I love you, Nicky V. But yeah. He was an all-star in 1998 alongside three other Lakers, and he made the NBA all-rookie team. For his time with the Cincinnati Bearcats, Van Exel was inducted into the James P. Kelly Hall of Fame. Just three years after leaving the game, Nick was hired as an assistant coach for Texas Southern University basketball, and, and in 2010, he was hired by the Atlanta Hawks as a player development instructor. Van Exel became the head coach of the Texas Legends of the NBA D-League in 2015 and can currently be found as an assistant coach for the Atlanta Hawks. Nicky Van Exel had to take the long way to get where he wanted to be, and the journey may still not yet be over. But for someone who visibly gave us all his all on the court, Nick the Quick, you are a legend. Truly a legend. Yeah, so some hilarious footies. Um, he allegedly slept in the in the UC gym while he attended UC, but that might that might be an, an urban urban legend. Wow. Um, he said some really interesting things about Jason Williams. If anybody remembers White Chocolate, Jason Williams, not Jason Williams, not Jason he, Williams, who he inducted, not, not <laughs> shot, not shotgun Jason Williams. Um. We're talking about white chocolate Jason Williams. He said that uh, if Jason Williams, if if Nick Van Exel started doing the stuff that that Jason Williams was doing on the court, then they would have called him like hot dogging and globe tottering. But because Jason Williams is white, he can do it. Yeah. And people said that like, oh, dude, whatever. You pulled the race card. I'm like, I I kind of agree. <laughs> yeah. And lastly. We have to bring up Nikki Van Exel Jr. Yeah. On January 31st, 2013, Van Exel's 22-year-old son, Nikki Van Exel, was convicted of murdering his friend and he was sentenced to 60 years in prison. Um, he fatally shot his best friend and dumped his body in a lake. Uh, this is done in fear that one of his friends would tell authorities about a string of robberies they had committed. It's wild. March Madness is officially upon us. Behind the music. Yeah, that's a dark one. I I got some Halloween episode vibes there for a second. Yeah. All right, let's get a palate cleanser going. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Nick Van Exel, truly a legend. Truly a legend. Thank you. Nick Van Exel Sr., truly a legend. (laughs) Sr. All right. Hit me, baby, one more time with that scoreboard. Stumper. Scotty. All right. What is the record for the highest scoring NCAA tournament game? Is it... 258, 264, or 234. 264, baby. It's 264. Yes, I'm two for two in 2023. Now, this is is actually where this is going to get really crazy. Please follow along with me here. Okay. So the record for for most points is 264 by 1990. 
in the second round by number 11, Loyola, versus number three, Michigan. Loyola Marymount beat Michigan 149 to 115. <laughs> in... <laughs> They took a 65 to 58 lead in a half and then beat them 84 to 57 in the second half. Just an absolute drubbing. <laughs> now, this is where it gets crazy. The 258 was made up. The second highest game, Loyola Marymount <laughs> versus Wyoming, 234 wow. points. The third highest game, 232 points, UNLV versus Loyola Marymount. We got to look into that team. Fourth highest, 1989, Arkansas versus Loyola Marymount. Number five, 222 points, North Carolina versus Loyola Marymount. All top five of the highest scoring NCAA tournament games of all time have all involved Loyola Marymount. That's insane. There's somebody, somebody from that era needs to be inducted. We got to look into that more deeply. Yeah, I'm going to, yeah. You're the coach or one of the players. I didn't know how long you were going to go with that. I felt like it was one of those moments where you're like, that's crazy. And I was going to say that's crazy like five times. You know, and it just yeah. keeps going. <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, if you're, doing, if you're doing trivia for yourself out there, here's a good one. You could say, mm, there's one team who's been involved in all five of the highest scoring games in NCAA tournament history. What team is it? And then you would, no, one would, no one's going to guess that. No one's going to guess that. Yeah. So have fun out there. Have fun out there. Fill kids. out your brackets. Fill out your motherfucking brackets. <laughs> All right. Moving on to our new category, freezing cold takes. Brr. Each week we call out someone in the press that had a really horrible take on a player, and it's mostly based on current situations of the players and how that was proven wrong. This week we've got NFL insider... Adam Kaplan. He in July of last year he was on a radio show in Philly and he said he would take Carson Wentz over Jalen Hurts. And quote, it's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> he said about Wentz, I mean the guy can play. The thing you're gonna see, folks, that commanders fans are gonna see this season, there are gonna be some games where you're gonna go, Why did Philly trade him? <laughs> <laughs> In case you didn't know, Carson Wentz was recently released and relieved of his duties as a Washington commander. He was due to make like $15 million this year. So that's going to save the team some serious money. Taylor Heineke is like, yeah, tell me how my ass tastes. <laughs> <laughs> Legend. Legend. So freezing cold take. NFL insider Adam wow. Kaplan. I have a feeling we have not seen the last of you, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope you're stepping in again, dickhead. <laughs> in the meantime, let's go to church. Thoughts and prayers to the family of Terry Holland, national championship winning basketball coach at University of Virginia. Uh, passed away recently. He had a great career. Won the national championship in 81 after winning the NIT championship in 80. Yeah. Coach Ralph Sampson, amongst other players. Many, many, many players. He built that program, like, up to what it is. He won a ton of games. So, all right. So Rest easy. Thoughts and prayers to you, and we'll wrap it up on a shampoo. Shampoo! Um, <laughs> just when you thought, you'd get through a whole episode where we wouldn't mention Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> shampoo to the Texans, the Colts, the Raiders, and 
the Panthers, unlikely teams to be shampooed in this day and age. But they all came out and said they want nothing to do with the Aaron Rodgers <laughs> sweepstake. <laughs> they said they don't want anything to do with him. And um, so I thought it was funny that they announced that they want nothing to do with him because I, I would like to formally announce that I want nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. Yes, Legends of Sports Ball also would like to formally announce that we have no association with Aaron Rodgers. We want nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. Just so everyone knows, we are with the Texans, Colts, Raiders, and Panthers in we want nothing to do with that guy. <laughs> he could FaceTime us right now and we would hang up. <laughs> we probably couldn't see him. He'd be in the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to our weekly podcast and check out our other episodes available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and more. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Legends of Sportsball. You can also find us on Twitter at LSportsBall. Make sure to become a member of our Facebook group, The Best and Worst of Sports Twitter, a subsidiary of TrevBook, to join the conversation and revel in sport in real time. Tune in Thursday, March 16th, as we induct Lucia Harris. Thank you once again for listening to Legends of Sportsball. May the sports be with you. Always. Always.